Because when I walk back and forth and the spray comes out and it livens up the plants. Isn't this a beautiful set? What do you think I'm preaching on? Life, yeah. Colin and Kim Wilson did the set. Isn't it, it's just awesome. Jeff did the slide and they kind of matched it up. And, and uh, I said, this is what I would like. I, I just kind of throw out ideas. This is what I like. I like to have life in big letters on the screen, on the, on the stage. And they, they worked it out where it's up there and it's big. So if you want to do photo ops with it later, just get a little extra in the offering. Okay, if you want your kids up here to do a family shot. Just kidding. Just kidding. Well, that's not a bad idea, is it? Good boy. Okay. Well, uh, a year ago, it's been uh, not quite a year ago, I preached and uh, I brought an airplane plant. Anybody know what an airplane plant is? Oh, these are airplane plants. There's another name for them. I don't know what it is. I'm not going to try to pronounce it. So if you're a horticulturalist, hey, did I say that right? If you're one of those people, uh, you probably, what are they named? Do anybody know what their official name is? starts with E, I think. You see, that little boy, he's good. He wants to answer all the questions. I'm Kristen. He's raising his hand. This is Family Sunday. It's okay. If you watched the video last week, you know I don't get distracted very easily with the kids and, and all the... Like when you had the Billy Big Mouse bath, start singing that song and the, big, the turkey and all that. It doesn't bother me. So if you think your kids are going to bother me, don't worry about it, okay? But that doesn't give you a license to be bad, children, okay? Be good. Color, 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 or listen, 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 okay? But last year, we, we took a plant, one of these airplane plants, and I had it on a table up here, and we separated it into two pots, this pot and that pot. Because we were saying how you can, the one was getting so big for the container, it was not healthy. Because it healthy, for things to grow, they need space. And so that's when we went to two services in November. Do you all remember that? Well, this used to be a big crowd for one service. And now we have the first service and this service. And God has blessed the, the fact that we saw, had a vision to go to two services. It's not something I really was cherishing. I didn't really want to pe- preach twice. But God said, you can preach twice. I mean, some preachers preach five times on a weekend. Of course, their sermons are, mine would be, one sermon is like five of theirs, right? But anyway, we divided these plants. And the coolest thing happened. They turned out to be different. This one is like solid green, and this one has edges of white or light green. They're variegated. Variegated. What does variegate mean? White edges? Variegated. And then then Mary Lou, we, we bought these for, these represent, what do you think these represent? Life groups. So if, you're, if you end up being a life group pastor, you're going to get one of those. I hope they survive. But what Mary Lou did was take one of these. Wow, somebody want an airplane plant? <laughs> Honestly, this will make one, two, three plants. Anybody want a plant? Okay, come here. Yeah, you just can't go home and put them on the, in the, on the bed. You have to plant them in dirt. But you're going to have to have help. Oh. Yeah, that, that'll, that'll work. It's family Sunday. Hey, here you go. You want one? Hold on. Mary Lou, why don't you help? I just have one hand up here. Anybody else want to shoot? They'll plant? It's family Sunday. Come on, get one. You're going to learn something here. Now, if you take one of these homes, I really want you to plant it. Yeah. We could, you can get, we don't have any red plants. I'm so sorry. 
We can get red. Kids say the cutest things, don't they? But now, if you take one of these plants home, I really want you to plant it and see what happens because these things grow. I don't care if you kill everything, you can't kill an airplane plant. No, you can't have these. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. That's the kid that raised his hand for everything. What is your name? Caleb. Caleb. Caleb? Caleb. Oh, Caleb. I thought it was Caleb. Okay. We didn't do this in the first service, so don't tell them. Because the kids that were there will get upset that y'all got a plant. And they didn't, okay? Anyway, you see what happened? We grew. And God wants us to continue to grow. And so the continuing part of growing is life groups. And we're not doing the life groups necessarily to grow, but I promise you, when you get in the life group and you make relationships with other people, we will grow. Because you're going to have an opportunity to do some things in there that you can't do in a corporate setting. When we talk about the gifts... A lot of you, well, I'll have a word of knowledge or I have this and God wants me to do this. And in a corporate setting, it's kind of difficult to do all those things. But in a life group of 12, 15 or 20 people that you're going to get to know and trust and it's going to be a safe place for you, you'll be able to operate in your giftings there. I believe God's going to raise up so many giftings in the life groups. It's going to be beautiful. I believe that he wants to do so much more in this body of believers than has ever been accomplished before. And listen, here's the thing. Life groups... Most all of them are going to be outside the walls of this church. Isn't that a good thing? They're going to be in people's homes. But I want to caution you in that. A life group in a home can also become walled in. Like a church can become walled in. We always teach and we always preach that this is a building. You are the church. When you leave here, the church leaves here. When you go to Walmart, the church goes to Walmart. When you go uh, to pay your fine at the, uh, at the municipal court, the, the church goes to municipal court with you. Because wherever you go, you're taking the church because we are the temple of God. So I don't want life groups to come tick-tock, the game's locked, nobody else can play. Okay, I want life groups to be life groups where life takes place and it takes place outside, just the, not just in the walls there, but you're going to learn, you're going to grow, you're going to have confidence in the gift things that God's going to show you as God raises you up in these areas that you're going to step outside of those rooms, outside of those houses and you're going to do the works of God. You're going to do the works that Jesus did, greater works than he. You're going to do those things because he's ordained that for us. Right? Okay, so turn in your Bibles to Romans 12. And get the, yeah, L is for living. And we, I do like to do this. I don't know what church I learned this in, but there was a church we went to that when they read the word, they always stood to honor God and honor the Word. So once you get that scripture, and it's going to be on the screen, I want you all all to stand and we're going to read this together. Okay? Read it. Think about it when you read it. Don't just read it because you can read. Read it with conviction. And that word beseech, before we even get it there, that word beseech means, and Paul's begging us. He's appealing to us. He's appealing to us. Okay? Read it with me. I beseech you therefore, brethren... By the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Say living sacrifice. sacrifice. Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Click. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Father, today I ask for transforming of our minds. I pray all across this room, 
Whether I say anything good or not, Father, your word will bear witness and will produce what your word can produce this morning, wants to produce. You said in your, in your word that it, when your word went forth, it would not return to you void. So, Father, today I ask that your word go forth in power to change, to affect, to empower the people of your kingdom to leave this place changed in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. How many of you are alive this morning? Raise your hands. I'm just going to see because Sarah's not alive. See, the deal is, when I ask a question, I ask you to raise your hands. If I ask how many of you are alive this morning, raise your hands. How many of you are not alive? How many of you had to be drugged to church? You know what Merriam-Webster's definition of alive is? It's so good. This is so profound. You're going to love it. Here's the first two things in that, the Merriam-Webster online dictionary. Not dead. <laughs> so if you're not dead this morning, you are alive. You're living. Having life. Currently active or being used. Having the form of a person who is alive. See, we have a lot of people sitting in here this morning have the form of a person that's alive. You're having to wake up. Pastor's talking. We have the, I have the form of a person. Did you know we have a lot of dead men walking in our society? You know, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says you're dead in your transgressions. You, you might be alive, you might be breathing, but you're not really alive in Christ. The only real life that we can live, the only real living that we can do as a people is living in Christ. Next week, we're going to be talking about the N, I-N. And it's so important that we know that. But today, we're going to talk about living. We're going to talk about life. That's why we've got all these plants up here to show you what living, what it can do and how we can, how we can multiply as we grow in the Lord. Here's a question I want to ask you this morning. You, brought, you, you probably carried some stuff in here with you, not a backpack, but you probably carried some junk in with you this, this morning. Heaviness, depression, guilt, shame, uh, difficulty at home, financial problems, marital problems, children problems, family problems. Just go on and on. Many of you brought those things in here with you. And I want to ask you this morning. When Jesus said we're supposed to live the abundant life. Can we live the abundant life in the midst of those things? Oh, oh, I heard no's. You mean we can't live the abundant life when things aren't going good? Huh? What? Can't we? Right, here's the deal. Everybody's got troubles. Everybody's got some junk going on. Everybody's got stuff. And Jesus said, but I want you to live the abundant life. But are we living the abundant life in the midst of all this stuff? Because God said you can. He said you're going to develop all these good things in the midst of those trials and tribulations. You see, we should be the most alive people in all of the world. Christians should be the happiest people in the whole world. We should be the most joyful people because the joy of the Lord is my strength. And we settle, church. We settle for shuffling along. I just wish I could get to where I need to go. We shuffle. and We have down in the face syndrome. We, 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 we don't exalt. We, we don't show the world Jesus Christ. I want to ask you this morning. Are you really living the abundant life? I want to talk to you about the abundant life. When I was a kid, one of my favorite scriptures was John 10.10. John 10.10. Y'all can look it up. How many of you know John 10.10 by heart? 
The thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy, right? Who's the thief? Satan is the thief. The devil is the thief. Beelzebub is the thief. He is the guy that's trying to kill you. He's trying to steal and rob everything that you have, your joy, your life. And he's trying to destroy you. And he does a real good job at it, doesn't he? He's honed his practice for thousands of years. And guess what? He has no new tricks. And we still fall for the old tricks. If I can just get a little thing in here, if I can just get a foot in the door there, if I can just get them to think and they're, they're not very important, if I can just to get, get them to think that God doesn't love them anymore or that their sin is too great to be forgiven, if he can just get his foot in the door and you believe that, you believe that lie, that lie becomes truth to you. And listen, when that lie becomes truth to you, you're in bondage. You're in bondage. And I'm telling you, if you're in bondage, you're not living the abundant life in Christ. But he wants you to be free of that. He wants us to live in freedom every day. Not just on Sundays when the Cowboys happen to win. That's another miracle. Right? Some guys, some guys and some ladies, your, your week rises and falls with a sports team. If they won, oh man, it's going to be a good week. Not because you bet any money. Just because you love your team. It's going to be a good week. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Hmm? Can I get a witness? But that shouldn't, that shouldn't, that shouldn't show, any, show you how your life should be. I'm trying to think of another word. It's not coming. Right. Dictate. That's the word. That shouldn't dictate what your life should be like if the Cowboys win or lose today. Should it? I'm a Longhorns fan. If... if if I was up here, and if I had, the Longhorns got stomped last night. And if my life rose and fell with, with the, the Longhorns, if they won or not, I would have just stayed home and I'd pull the covers over my head. I said, I don't want to go to church, honey. The Longhorns got beat, and my world is crashing down. Yeah, you laughing. The Aggies got beat last night. Somebody yelled, no, no, you're not going to church. The Aggies got beat, you know. But the Aggies won, so you're here. <laughs> Jesus said this. And this is the part of that verse I like. I have come that they may have life. And they have it mm, abundantly. More. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? More? More? That they may have life. And Jesus didn't just stop there. He didn't just say, I, I just want them to live, God, the Father. I just want them to breathe. He, he didn't stop there. But he said, I want them to have life and that they may have it, not just abundantly, which is pretty good. But he said more abundantly. He wants you and me and every believer to live the more abundant life. Oh, boy, that sounds good. I want to tell you what I looked up the word in the Greek. You know, anybody can do that, not just preachers. It's online. It's free. I looked up the Greek for more abundantly. I want to read it to you because this should just blow you away and really give you cause and pause to think, am I living the abundant life? It means, this is more abundantly, two words. It means exceeding some number or measure or rank or need. Over and above. More than is necessary. Super added. Exceeding 
abundantly, supremely, something further, more, much more than all, more plainly, superior, extraordinary, surpassing, uncommon, preeminent, superiority, advantage, more eminent, more remarkable, and more excellent. That's the more abundant that God wants for your life. Well, amen. I read that with conviction. Amen. Do you want to live that kind of life? Okay, and I'm going to tell you how. You can't leave here today thinking, this is impossible, I can't do this, because because of Christ, we can do all things, right? All things. Now, I want to read one more verse that talks about, there's, there's a ton of them, but I want to read you another passage from Ephesians chapter 3, 19 and 21, where Paul talks about this same kind of thing towards the church at Ephesus. It's a prayer he prays. You ought to go and read it sometime. It's really awesome. He said, I want you to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Filled with all the fullness of God. Now, that sounds like abundance, doesn't it? Filled with all the fullness of God. Wow, that's a lot. Now, to him, who's him? God, the Father. Now, to him who is able to do exceedingly, say exceedingly, abundantly, above all, that we ask or think. Who's he talking about? Okay, you're good. Now, to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to what? The power... That works in us. What is that power that works in us? It's the Holy Spirit. power of God works in us and through us, right? So devoid of that, we can't really live the abundant life, right? He says, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Are you part of that generation? Because it said all generations, so you must be part of the all. And the forever and ever, that's, that includes you. That includes me. So when he's writing this, when Paul's writing to the church at Ephesus, he's talking, he's writing to you and me. He says, God can do exceedingly abundantly more than you ask or even think. One translation says to imagine or more than you can imagine. And sometimes we have, we have just cut short, even in our Christianity, our imaginations. We've quit thinking outside the box. We've been thinking, we've been, we quit thinking about the more that God has for us because we haven't seen it happen. And when we haven't seen it happen, we start living in that, that, res- that reserved place that God doesn't have for us. He doesn't want us to live in that little box. He doesn't want us to live uh, on scraps from the table that just fall from the table. He wants us to live exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or imagine. Now, here's 11 things I'm going to give you this morning. I want you to take notes. Everybody take notes. We have Crayolas if you don't have a pen. Ron gave a recipe a few a couple of weeks ago, and I thought that was cool, so this can be a recipe. Eleven things. Mary Lou said this is two sermons, but she thought it worked fine. Romans 12. Turn to Romans 12. If you don't have it, we'll have it on the screen for you, but I encourage you to bring your Bibles. Eleven things. Y'all ready? Not going not gonna to dilly-dally around. Romans 12, verse 1. We've already read it, but we'll read it again. I beseech you, I urge you, I appeal to you, I beg to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God.